From TLDR News, this is your daily briefing for Tuesday the 27th of September 2022. If you're wondering why I'm dressed like Sherlock Holmes, that's because last week we hit a huge milestone on the channel. We hit 100,000 subscribers, which is something we genuinely didn't expect to happen so quickly. As such, for every subsequent episode this week, I'm going to be dressed up in the intro and outro of the briefing. God knows why, Jack just promised this while I was on holiday. Anyway, thank you to everyone who's watched, subscribed, liked and commented. A special thank you to everyone who watched, listened to or read the original briefing last year and stuck with it throughout. We've made hundreds of episodes of the briefing now and it's genuinely heartening to know that so many people find it a useful resource. Today we're going to be talking about the fake Russian referendums in Ukraine. We'll also be discussing three of today's other important stories and discussing what's going on in Ukraine with TLDR News global lead writer Zach. But first, the Russian referendums. While the war in Ukraine is not exactly going well for Russia at the moment, they have managed to hold on to territory in the east of the country, such as the Donetsk and Luhansk regions. For now, they are in Russian hands, and President Putin intends to keep it that way. That's why he's in the process of holding self-styled referendums in these regions, alongside the southern regions of Kherson and Zaporizhia. Today is the last five days of balloting, with suggestions from the likes of the UK's Ministry of Defence that Putin will announce the formal annexation of the four regions at a joint session of the Russian parliament on Friday. In total, the four regions undergoing the referendums cover some 15% of Ukraine's national territory, an area equivalent in size to Hungary. Obviously, much of the international community has rejected these referendums, calling them illegitimate. International groups such as the OSCE have claimed that a yes vote is already beyond doubt. The Ukrainian government and its Western allies have denounced the referendums as a sham, like they did with the Crimea referendum in 2014, and vowed not to recognise the results. By staging these referendums and formally announcing the annexation of the four Ukrainian regions, there is a fear that Moscow may declare any attacks on the areas as an attack on Russia itself and use it to justify a military escalation. Balloting has been held at polling stations, but also in a door-to-door -door manner for security reasons, according to Russian state news agency TASS. Ukrainian officials have said that residents are being coerced and intimidated into voting by Russian-backed security on their doorsteps. The governor-in-exile of the Luhansk region accused separatist authorities of gathering the names of people who refused to vote and those who voted against joining Russia. An advisor to Ukraine's President Zelensky told a Swiss newspaper that Ukrainians who collaborate in holding the referendums will face treason charges and at least five years in jail. We have lists of names of people who have been involved in some way, he said, adding that Ukrainians who are forced to vote will not be punished. The timing of the referendums comes after Ukraine began gaining momentum in a counter-offensive and Russia announced a partial mobilisation to call up hundreds of thousands of reservists to fight in Ukraine. Okay, so that's the biggest story of the day, but there's a lot more going on around the world. So here's a rundown of three other stories. In the first of these three stories today, we discuss Edward Snowden. 
Snowden is well known for his role in leaking highly classified information about the National Security Agency, or NSA, in the US. More specifically, his leaks made clear to the public just how extensive such programs are and the level of intergovernmental spying. To some, he's hailed as a hero and a patriot. To others, he's seen more as a coward and a traitor. The US government generally views him as the latter. As such, since 2013, he's been living in Russia to avoid arrest in the US. It seems that Russia has been all too happy to house the whistleblower. So much so that in 2020, Snowden was granted permanent residency in the country. Snowden says this was to ensure his family could stay together throughout the pandemic. Today, Snowden has been granted Russian citizenship by President Putin. This was alongside another 71 foreign-born individuals. There's more on the way, but be sure to subscribe and ring the bell to make the daily briefing part of your daily routine. Or just search for us on your podcast app to listen along. Thousands of guests from around the world gathered in Tokyo today for the state funeral of Shinzo Abe, Japan's longest-serving prime minister, who was fatally shot in July. Many are mourning Abe, with a queue of mourners stretching further than three kilometres. But the state funeral has proved to be incredibly controversial in Japan, to the point that demonstrators marched on the Japanese parliament today in protest and the country's main opposition parties boycotted the event. It's the first state funeral, meaning it's paid for by the state, for a former prime minister since 1967 and is expected to cost over $11 million, according to government estimates. The cost alone generated opposition, but is not the sole reason, with Abe's contentious political legacy also contributing. His suspected killer cited the former prime minister's links to the controversial Unification Church, which the suspect says bankrupted his mother. The assassination sparked a conversation about, and indeed criticism of, Abe and the ruling LDP's links to the religious organisation. On Sunday, Cuba held a national referendum in which Cubans voted in favour of legalising gay marriage and adoption. The country voted nearly 67% in favour of a new family code, supported by the government, which, as well as legalising gay marriage, also introduces greater protections for women, children and the elderly. The new law had faced opposition from conservative and religious groups, but ultimately the law, which was backed by the communist government and went through dozens of drafts and tens of thousands of community meetings, was approved. Attitudes to homosexuality have changed dramatically in recent decades on the island, following years of persecution. The government sought to allow for same-sex marriage in the new constitution in 2019, but backed down amid religious opposition. Cuban President Miguel Diaz-Canel said justice has been done. It is paying off a debt with several generations of Cuban men and women whose family projects have been waiting for this law for years. That's all we have time for on YouTube today, but if you want to see our discussion of what's going on in Ukraine, then watch the extended ad-free edition of The Daily Briefing over on Nebula. Nebula subscribers not only get everything you've already watched ad-free, but also an extended edition of the show every single day, available to watch on Nebula or stream on your podcast app of choice. So if you want to support the channel and get a more extensive daily briefing every day, you'll want to sign up. 
And there's good news. Our friends at CuriosityStream, the streaming service which offers some of the best documentaries, is offering a deal whereby you can get both platforms, CuriosityStream and Nebula, for less than $15 a year. That's all the best documentaries you could want on CuriosityStream and then more TLDR on Nebula, including the extended briefing, other full exclusive TLDR videos, and it's always ad-free. Click the link below to get both services for less than $15 a year and support the channel.